so I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh my mama! Oh my mama made it, ma! Anything's yeah. possible! Rainy days, jump shot fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it like when Tatum play a Jalen on the breakaway, a Kyrie when he make a trade, and nothing like the terrible analysts on the TV. So in depth that after you play it, you gotta repeat. So in depth they might do an hour about the D League. So in depth you probably should pay him, but it's a freebie. Yeah, Corrales, Packard, and J King locked on trying to get the 18th ring. And well wishes go to Gordon. Listen after every game is very important, Millie. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics Podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Thank you for making us part of your daily routine. Monday through Friday, we are here with you. Wherever you decide to go and listen to this show, we're right there with you, and we appreciate you taking us along. This time we're talking about a 110-107 win over the Atlanta Hawks. The Boston Celtics did not look great uh, a few things that have been happening in this season uh, did not happen the, in this game where the Celtics gave up 107 points. They did not play great defense. They did not terribly out-rebound the other team, although they did out-rebound the Hawks. But still, a win is a win is a win. We're the Reigning Jays, John Corrales, Sam Jam Packard. And uh, why don't you just repeat yourself about all this ugliness because uh, you just you just summed up this thing perfectly before we started. Uh, the game started out kind of shitty and then turned into something super awesome and hooray for sports because yeah, basically it. Thanks everybody. Yeah. Good night. Good night, man. That's, that's the whole story of the game. Just some shittiness followed by Kyrie Irving, um, dominating the game. Al Horford being, a uh, just a beautiful man, gorgeous eyes, amazing basketball player. <laughs> and then Jason Tatum, the young guy. Shooting, just knocking down threes and just being amazing. It's just a weird game in which the you had to watch the Hawks play a lot of basketball, so of course it wasn't going to be fun. But then the other side of the court was the Celtics playing poorly, playing their third games in four third game in four nights. So a lot of shittiness, and then it was just like, all right, um, in the third quarter we're going to go on a run, and then in the fourth quarter we're just going to let Kyrie be um, very good at sport and putting the basket in uh, or putting the ball in the basket. He's amazing, man. There's just tonight was like is definitely his best scoring night as a Celtic, and I'm just constantly amazed uh, by the things he can do. Even even some of his earlier baskets in the game, just he does things that no other player really does. His approach to the basket, his approach to dribbling, just is not something I can really compare uh, to any other player. It's just he makes things look super difficult and also super casual at the same time. And it doesn't really make any sense. No, it doesn't. But he does it. And, you know, there there are times where you literally feel like he's going through people. Like there's a glitch in the video game. And if you were to slow it down and zoom in, there you know, the little sprites on the video game would actually travel through one another every once in a while. And I feel like that's what Kyrie does. Like he spins and crosses over and he all of a sudden he was behind somebody. And then he was in front of that person. And I don't recall seeing anything in between, but Kyrie has been able to do that. And that's just because he is Kyrie and, and he's playing at a level now that is actually beyond what he has been playing in the past. I mean, maybe some of the past scoring has been a little more flamboyant. It's been a little more dramatic, but his overall game here in Boston 
looks better to me. And, and you know, maybe it's just a, a, a product of closely watching him on a regular basis and having him having seen him play 11 games versus haven't seen him play maybe 11 games in total for a whole season. You know what I mean? So I, I don't know. Basketball Twitter is acting like he's like an entirely new man and is doing things that he never did when he did for the Cavaliers. But I mean, I don't know how true that is. I know what his reputation was, but they're like, Oh my God, Kyrie Irving set a pick or, Oh my God, Kyrie yeah. Irving did this. Um, I don't know. Maybe just playing under LeBron James is, is such a, a toll on someone's psyche that it will do that to you. But it seems like he's really embraced his new role. And every time after uh, after games, if he doesn't have a high uh, scoring total, he talks about how he's just embracing the system. So maybe maybe this is Kyrie's true potential and you just would never have seen that under LeBron James because so far he's just been – even on his uh, nights where he's not scoring, his passing and his playmaking have still been damn good. He made some great passes tonight. He – him and the uh, Al Horford's two-man game, it just seems like it's it's after 11 games, it should not be they should not be this comfortable together. But they just both seem like natural basketball players who know what they're doing. Um, and I've been thoroughly impressed with every like pretty much everything Kyrie has done so far as a Celtic. And uh, that's probably I I could say that about a lot of the Celtics. We were talking about this last night on the boat that just like no one's been bad. I mean that happens in a nine-game winning streak, but just no one's really had a, a terrible night. So. I have nothing but positive things to say about Kyrie, especially after he goes for 35. Right. Um, <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, when you score 35 points on 22 shots that and, and get seven assists, that's a pretty nice night for you. And you know, one note about him with LeBron, it, it, it does come off as a negative a lot when we say you, he couldn't do that with LeBron, and it, it sounds like you, you're – trashing LeBron in some ways. Like, we all say it. There's no other real great strategy but to play like that with LeBron. Like, what else are you going to do? The results speak for themselves. But the fact is that with LeBron there and and him dominating so much of the, the attention on offense – it gets very easy to say, all right, let's look for LeBron. Where's LeBron? Is he here? Let's. Uh, where's LeBron now? Why aren't I passing the ball to LeBron now? Please get the ball to LeBron right now. And that can, for a guy like Kyrie Irving, I can see maybe now when you look at what he's been able to do with a little more freedom or a lot more freedom, when you have that level of skill and ability to, to kind of have a, a greater overall game, I can see now. I think I, I think I'm starting to understand a little bit more of why he would want to kind of showcase that for himself a little bit more. So, you know, the whole story may never be told publicly, but I, I can kind of start to understand maybe a little bit more of what what's going on and why why a guy like Irving would want to maybe kind of go off on his own. Uh, speaking of which, the whole Boston being great right now in Cleveland. What you know, what's wrong with Cleveland? If you check out the latest Locked On NBA, just came out today. It's me and the Locked On Celtics, uh, I mean the Locked On Cavs talking about our respective teams. So Locked On NBA goes to the local experts. We are the local experts on these podcasts. And so I'm there talking to David Locke about what's gone right for the Boston Celtics. And if you want a Cleveland perspective of what's gone wrong, it's very uh, relevant to this conversation that we've had. 
Check out the current episode of Locked On NBA. Find it where you found us, wherever you subscribe. Subscribe to the Locked On NBA and, and give that a listen. That's some real schadenfreude move there if you're just actively listening to the uh, discussions of the Cavs from a local perspective. I yeah. love it. Uh, it's just great. I, I can't imagine. That sounds like a wonderful time. Yeah. I've loved seeing Cavs Twitter in the past two weeks. Oh, it's beautiful, isn't it? <laughs> Fantastic stuff. Shouts to Cavs Nada. He's depressed right now. <laughs> hey, I got, I got, now I got no sympathy. <laughs> none whatsoever. Of not course not. One bit. Uh, let's go to Al Horford real quick because Al Horford a little struggles uh, on the offensive side. He finally, when he finally missed the three, he would really miss threes. So he went eight for eight, and next thing you know, zero for his next four. But one assist shy of a triple-double. So even when the shot's not falling, 15 points, 10 rebounds, 9 assists. And I want to give a a shout-out to Adam Himmelsbach for making a good point. And we saw multiple instances of it in this game. Al Horford's three-point shooting has been so damn good that when he gets the ball on the perimeter and he upfakes, man, he can attack that closeout. And he got crushed on a foul in one play, got all the way to the rim for a loud, angry dunk, which after the angry dunk, Al's sister, Anna, just gave the angry Al and the fist. Uh, So Al Horford, even when the shot's not falling, finds ways to be super, super productive. Yeah, and it's even just possessions in the post with his little jump hook that has just a a knack for getting in there. Um, I thought his most impressive was his passing tonight and his playmaking. He just is, he continues to probably be the Celtics' best passer, or at least with the the player with the best vision. And it was cool to see Kyrie um, kind of play the two man game with him. Jason Tatum, it feels like he's learned the lesson of just when Al gets the ball in the post, you cut. That's a great thing about Jason Tatum. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about him later, but he seems to really just learn things quite quickly, like catch and shoot or just cut <laughs> when Al gets the ball. But Horford is just – I don't know if he was uh, like injected with human growth hormone. I don't know the explanation for why he is playing <laughs> like better than he ever had. Like He just looks younger and more explosive and more spry, and um, he's always going to be making the right basketball play. I don't know if he's just like – invigorated by all the youth around them but he's he's wonderful i mean i continue to have algasms every night algasms on the regular uh so yeah let's let's move on to so we had uh Kyrie doing Kyrie things and horford doing horford things and then our rookie jason tatum all he did was score 21 points on 7 of 13 shooting, 3 of 5 from 3, 4 of 4 from the line, 8 rebounds, 2 block shots. God damn it, have a night, son. Have a night, Jason Tatum. And the big thing was the clutch 3 with under a minute to go. Uh, with the Celtics up 1, he put them up 4. And that was kind of it. That was basically it for this game. Uh, just clutch, man. This kid's got just balls man he's just got balls he's so cool he's so calm and you know i i honestly i can't speak about him anymore without immediately going into gushing oh you mean rookie of the year jason tatum exactly that's the guy i'm talking about the guy who now according to mike schmitz who is the nba draft analyst for espn 
now shooting 18 of 34 from three this year for a cool 53%. Not bad for the Rook. I, mean, I like how we were all concerned about whether his shot would extend to three-point range. It's just isn't that it's crazy? Kind of absurd in retrospect because if you look at his shot now from anywhere, it's so smooth. It's um, This is something um, Dan Greenberg mentioned in Barstool Sports. It's like you don't have to worry about Tatum's free throws. It's just everything he does uh, shooting the basketball, even the dumb long two he took. He took like a really dumb – he basically stepped into a long two where he could have had a wide open three and just yes. made it look like the smoothest shot in the world. Why wouldn't this like extend out to um, three point range? He's just he's done a lot of great things, and even in tonight, where I uh, towards the end of the game, he turned down a wide open three. He then uh, like he attacked the basket mm-hmm. with it. He attacked a non existent closeout and was able to get to the line and get fouled just because he's kind of so long and so big that it's pretty much impossible to not foul him. So. Even when he's not making the right decision, he's still dynamic enough uh, to kind of make an impact on the offensive end. Oh, he also had eight rebounds. Oh, he also had two blocks and a steal. Yeah, ridiculous. You know, I liked I liked that decision from him because the three, yeah, was wide open, but so was the lane to the basket. And this NBA is all about threes and layups. So he could have taken the three, yes, but no one was within 10 feet of him. So by the time he got any sort of resistance from the defense, he was already almost in the restricted area. So why not go and try to draw the foul and get the three-pointer maybe a little more a little more easily or at least draw the free throws? And I think – and at that situation, I think they were within two minutes, so you, you get them within the penalty because that was one of their fouls within the last two minutes. So I think that's a smart play out of Tatum – so, I mean, look, he, he's just damn good. He is damn good. I have no other way to say it. The kid knows how to play the game, and even when he has bad stretches, they don't linger. He doesn't lose his confidence very easily, which is a very non-rookie thing to do. When you're a rookie, you're supposed to have extended bad stretches, and he's not. He's just he's snapping out of things, and even when he's not shooting well, not tonight, but other nights, he does other things. So, I, God damn, like the rookie of the year thing is not that far off. I know Simmons is probably going to run away with it the way he's playing, but I, I don't know, man. All, they're both going to have to continue these paces for the rest of the season. And even then, Tatum's, Tatum's going to get a lot of votes. Tatum's the one playing on a team that's won nine basketball games in a row. I think there has to be some like credit to contributing to winning. Um, and it's kind of like the reason why Simmons is going to get so many more um, like padding stats because of it, because he's the main guy on that team in terms of playmaking. Uh, but I'm sorry, I'm sorry to derail this Tatum talk. There's breaking social media news. Uh-oh. LeBron James just posted a picture of the Arthur Fist meme on his Instagram and he said, mood. And immediately, uh, with the timing mm. of the Celtics game, it seems like he's quite mad online that he does no longer has Kyrie Irving to the team. And that the Celtics were able to just beat the Hawks in a close game where the Cavs were unable to do it last night. I mean, I was, it's just it's going to be all over the internet tomorrow, so I figure we better start talking about it now. Wow. Okay, so yeah, this is the... <laughs> I'm looking at... The first thing I saw was uh, Chris Walder... Arthur wearing yellow. LeBron, LeBron to the Lakers confirmed. 
So. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Why would he post that? Like, wow. Because he's the king of the subtweet. He's the oh, this is what exactly what I. This is like the perfect thing for uh, the Cleveland locker room. Like I could like we they're playing so poorly and we hadn't even gotten to the weird um, LeBron James social media event yet and then now it's just going to take off the uh, the Cavs locker room is just all downhill from here. Uh, yeah. Free Jay Crowder. People need we need Jay Crowder to be traded from that team because he doesn't deserve this. Neither does Isaiah, but he doesn't know it yet. <laughs> oh man, this is this is weird. I'm just scrolling down. <laughs> I'm just scrolling down my Twitter and I just see a bunch of. Arthur fists. <laughs> it's the it's like the magic of NBA Twitter. It's like now I like every single person who's awake and on NBA Twitter right now has some sort of Arthur fist take, and that's just it's amazing. It's fantastic stuff. I'm so I'm so we're so blessed to be part of such a great thing that is NBA Twitter. I, I gotta say the the NBA Twitter and the NBA social media in general because it does extend to Instagram comments as when it comes to players. Instagram is the place like Twitter is where we all react, but NBA players have moved into Instagram and Instagram comments. So I, I don't know what that means, but it's, is just, a, it's wild. It's wild. And, and anything could happen. Anything could happen. I, I just, I have my tweet deck open and it's just fists everywhere. I got four columns and there's a fist in each one. <laughs> oh man. Well, all I can say is I'm just going to assume that he saw Kyrie go off and he saw the Celtics win to go to nine and two. And he's looking at the standings and he sees that his Cleveland Cavaliers are now four and six and four and a half games behind them, which is, as we know, in early November, an insurmountable lead. Oh, there's no coming back from that. And yeah. as we know, um, playoff seating matters. Mm -hmm. uh, Absolutely, very important to get that one seed because that, it will change everything for you. Well, if the if the playoffs began today, let's see, um, we'd have to. I don't know who owns the tiebreaker between the Hornets and the Pacers, but the the Cavaliers would miss the playoffs right now. Woohoo! Yeah, yep. And the Celtics would have the best record in the entire league. Yes, home, home, home court, court throughout, oh, throughout the playoffs. Throughout, yep, yep. That's going to be big in the finals matchup against the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves, who are the second seed out west. You know what? You know you know when Trump promised that he would, you, we were going to be so tired of the winning. <laughs> I feel like for this something like the Hawks so game, so much two, winning. The past two games have been kind of kind of like not great games, and the Celtics just won in the end. I feel like um, I've gotten so gluttonous with all these victories. Uh, I need like a, a good loss for them to just like shake up the storylines and for like us to really question well, Brad we, Stevens or some Brad Stevens needs to be able to like point to some tape of them fucking up and saying like, come on guys, look what, look what happened. I'm, I'm sick of the winning. I'm Trump was right. Well, <laughs> be careful when you say things like that. Cause I could get pulled completely out of context. Oh yeah. Please do not isolate that. And, <laughs> uh, well, Brad Stevens did have the pissed off timeout 47 seconds into the second half. So that's, that's right. That's fun. That was always interesting. See, Brad uh, doesn't care about the record. He can get mad at any point as if you're not following the right process and you're not trying to get better each day. Absolutely. Uh, and, and we don't want the losing to start on Wednesday because that's the Lakers. And I don't like the fact that the Lakers are 
are not losing as many games as I want them to. Like, come on, Memphis Grizzlies. The, the Lakers are 5-5, five and five, and the Grizzlies had an opportunity to come all the way back and beat them, and they didn't. So we've got to beat the Lakers into submission so we can get their pick and have that convey this year. Because I want the Celtics to have an awesome season, even after Hayward's injury, and then have Hayward come back and Tatum be rookie of the year and still get the second pick in the draft. So let's enough with the BS. Beat the Lakers on Wednesday night. I don't want to. I don't want to hear it. Does LeVar Ball travel on road games? Is he going to be in the TD Garden? I don't know, but that's a nice segue into our Rain and Jays hashtag because at JL Smooth 2021 says, you must get LeVar Ball on the podcast <laughs> with the Lakers on Wednesday. If I see him in the Boston Garden, I will ask him a question. And by that, I mean I probably won't. It'll probably be a... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, why not? I'll ask LeVar Ball a question. I'll see. Oh, you guys tweet at me what you want me to ask LeVar Ball, and then I'll just ignore all of that and then ask him whatever I feel comfortable asking him. Sweet Jesus, that's going to be wild. Uh, okay, well, let's just keep on going with these uh, tweets and uh, see where this goes. Uh, at Todd Walters, when your three-forward lineup isn't working, go to your three-guard lineup for the win. Right, Rain and Jays? Yeah, that weird, uh, not so weird. Marcus, it's kind of standard lineup. Marcus, yeah. Tito, Kyrie is there, like, closes games for them now. And with Tatum and Horford, it makes a lot of sense. It's like, I really like that lineup. I think uh, Marcus Smart's basically playing just, like, crazy small forward there. And I really, I think Terry Rozier is pretty good as a shooting guard. He, uh, they certainly bring the defensive intensity when against uh, kind of a smaller teams like the Hawks, where the Hawks were also going small. So I'm all for the three-guard lineup. Yeah. Hey, look, I, I said last year, because remember, again, I keep bringing it up, last preseason, Danny Ainge said that Rozier was going to be the backup point guard, and then we learned pretty quickly that Rozier as backup point guard was not necessarily great, but Rozier off the ball is better. Uh, the only problem is that he's a little on the small side, but that's fine. Marcus Smart makes up for it in sheer heart and whatever combat muscle, and Kyrie Kyrie's, so... Sure, why not? Go for it. And uh, at Ben Gates, Ben Gates at Gates underscore Ben, having Kyrie brings with it irrational confidence that the Celtics are never out of a game, which is true. He also says, "Are we sure Jason Tatum isn't twenty five years old?" He's just super confident. Yeah, well, he's he's still growing. I, the only reason is because he's got he like he does look like he's nineteen. He's got a baby face. What makes him so endearing? What if he's not done growing, like literally not done growing? What if he becomes like seven feet and he's doing all this stuff? I definitely think it could happen. Like I heard some talk that the Celtics expect him to be like 6'10". Why not an extra like two inches? Even if he gets to be 6'10", 6'11", that's absurd. That's an extremely giant man. And for playing how athletic and how smooth he is, um, it's amazing. He um, his, like He's still super skinny too when he bulks out and is more like – dominant of a physical presence and can start posting guys up more. Oh my God. He's going to be amazing. Then he becomes Kevin Garnett. He becomes like a more evolved version of Kevin Garnett. I know, like, I know that's blasphemous, but nah, like, I know that's just, that's what he Kevin becomes. Garnett he becomes like a 6'11 first... guy who plays in the perimeter and can dribble past you and dunk on you and, and hit threes. And he, he becomes, I'm, I'm not literally Kevin Garnett, but you know, he becomes that type of, big freakish wing player that's somehow super skinny but still super strong. 
and it's wild. It feel, it's just like guys who grew up just with the ball in their hands so much more often instead of just being like the big man with the post up. But it's, yeah, he's going to be damn impressive. And he could, like, it would be so upsetting if we found out he faked his birth certificate and actually was 25. Like, if this was a Danny Alamante <laughs> thing, if Whoa. it came out, there's like Jason Tatum is actually 25 years old. Oh, my God. Jam dropping old school Little League World Series scandals on us. Hello, did. If you need any any takes about the Little League World Series or any Little League World Series history, I'm your guy. I'm a huge Little League World Series really? guy. Really? That's news. It's fa- like it's the greatest competition in all of sports, I would have to say. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, okay, uh, a couple more comments here. Uh, sticking with the Tatum thing, at Chipmore1983, can my man Jason Tatum at least get a dinghy if he's not getting on the, a seat on the boat? Look, playing like this, he's getting on that boat for sure. Next time, he can start. I think he. I think he earned his. his he punched his ticket to the boat just to, based on tonight's performance alone. Yeah, he, he's. It's going to be hard. Like right now, yes, he's got a confirmation code. When we start, when that thing sets sail next Sunday, uh, he's he can he can show up. Now, he also could lose it if he if if he uh, you know doesn't play it safe and. I don't think he can at this point. Even when he has bad games, he's good. He's a permanent boat member. Oh, my God, the craziness that goes through your head when you've won nine games in a row. A lot of positivity flowing through me right now. Last one from Kevin Yates at Sleepin' Turtle. Wife says about Kyrie Irving, quote, he looks tired or sore or constipated or something, end quote. Thank you, Mrs. Sleepin' Turtle, for that comment. Yeah, he's a real casual guy who's also like – the fastest dribbler and explosive at the same time. But I agree with you. He does look generally sleepy. <laughs> he does. He does. He looks like he's, it's right. Like it's always the day after daylight savings. And he's just like, he, he screwed up his clock. <laughs> uh, all right. What else? Uh, I don't know. I think, uh, you know, I got some rain and junk for us. Sure. Jam's junk drawer. Let's do it. All right. First off, Luke Babbitt. Hate him. He's always had a stupid haircut. And uh, I've never liked his face, and I was very upset to see him in the starting lineup tonight. Um, but I've seen that he's improved his haircut, and now looks like a normal person. Um, but you know what? I, I just I have a lot of irrational hatred for a lot of athletes, and that's not something that dies easily. You can't just fix one haircut. So I still hate Lou Babbitt. <laughs> um, today I told Anna Horford on Twitter that her brother Al had gorgeous eyes. Um, it was a uh, I didn't feel right about it immediately after tweeting it, but it's a bold play. <laughs> um, and I stand behind it. Uh, she did not respond, but you know what? Al Horford has gorgeous eyes. I feel like I've been pretty public on my stance about that. So I feel like I, I, should, have to, uh, I should be comfortable enough to tell Anna Horford that on Twitter. I need to find the old school Seinfeld where Elaine falls in love with the Wiz and he's got that little twinkle and they do the close-up of his eyes. That is that is Al Horford. That's that's Al Horford. Absolutely. You look at him, and you're like, that's a great basketball player. Damn, he is just captivating to look at. He is a good looking man. Good looking man. I think I don't know how much of it is just like he's so fundamentally good at basketball, and that's like colors my vision of him, or he's just a, a beautiful, um, beautiful man. So I don't know. It's 2017, look- and I'm comfortable in my masculinity. I can say this. Likewise, that's what that's what's great about 2017. Um, Aaron Baines launched a corner three today. It did not go in. Yes, he did. I like the fact that he took it. That's he's very confident in his shot. I've never seen, I never thought he would be taking a corner three, but it was wonderful. 
It was. I was shocked to see it. But he, they were setting up, and he, they got it to him in the corner. I'm like, huh, what the hell is Aaron Baines doing in the corner? And he, he swung it out, and they swung it back to him, and he's like, all right, screw it. I'm going to take this. And, you know, it would have – oh, man. If that had gone in, then forget it. We would have had to start recording the podcast immediately at that moment. <laughs> He's like I'm. I'm actually like just super fine with him taking that shot. If he like the play ends up with him in the corner, they're gonna leave him wide open. Why not? Keep him honest. I mean, we saw Amir Johnson do a lot crazier things in the corner. Um, so I say go for it, Aaron Baines. Uh, today was the 36th, I guess, anniversary of Mike and Tommy being on the broadcast for whatever network that they're on now. And old videos of Mike Gorman are cool because his hair is cool as fuck. He was like. Definitely a, a cool guy in the early 80s, and I'm all for Mike Gorman. Oh, man, I loved it. Now, growing up in Rhode Island, in Pawtucket, Rhode Island, I remember Mike Gorman from before his Celtics broadcast because he was the anchor uh, at WPRI. I think it was PRI in, in Providence. So he was he was the, our local like 6, uh, six and 11 sports anchor. So I remember seeing him doing sports before he did – the the Celtics and then he also did, uh, I believe Providence College basketball games. Like he did a, a college game with Tommy, I think, before he did a Celtics game with Tommy. I'm pretty yeah. pretty sure. I think they mentioned that on the broadcast tonight. It's like he's just been. It's really like you don't really think about it, but 36 years is a wildly long time to be a broadcast duo in the NBA. Hey, like but, that covers so much basketball. It's absurd. By the way, it, for those of you new listeners. Go back because we we spoke to Mike Gorman. I think oh, that was a great podcast. At this point, uh, like a year and a half ago, I want to say I forget which date it was, but search that out. Go scroll down our our feed. We had an amazing conversation with Mike Gorman. Just him growing up. It wasn't really necessarily about the Celtics. It's just it was a story about him and growing up and sneaking into the old Boston Garden. And man, that was so much fun. I, I think we spoke for an hour, but I, I could I could have done all day with him. So go go search that out if you want to hear a great conversation and just how awesome Mike Gorman is. So go ahead, continue. Oh man, it's hard it's hard to even transition from Mike Gorman to junk drawer because you have much respect I have for him. But uh But we'll do let's it. Let's see. Um John Collins can jump out the gym. That he's amazing. Like he's a super athlete. He just had like I've seen him in summer league, this is when I first caught wind of how much he could jump, but it's going to just be fun watching him do ridiculous dunks for his entire career. Mm-hmm. He just feels like a guy who's just going to be a, always an amazing jumper. Hopefully he can stick around and do other things, but uh, it's fun watching that guy dunk. Yes, it is. Uh, Semi Ojale definitely was listening to the podcast and was very upset that he didn't make the boat. Knocked down two corner threes, one which was a pass from Tice at the top of the key, which is a wild play. But uh, Semi just continues doing the, like, He's the perfect ninth man on the team right now. He's just, like, killing that role. So, shouts to Semi. You might get on the boat next week. Um, and then, finally, I think we have to talk about the difference between Marcus Smart and um, Dennis Schroeder. Marcus Smart uh, elbows Dennis Schroeder, and Dennis Schroeder acts like he breaks his ribs. And it's, like, an absurd, like, long delay. And the ref calls the foul, like, 12 seconds afterwards just because Schroeder's still holding his stomach. Then, later in the game... Marcus Smart gets hit directly in the penis and is basically like on the ground and writhing in pain. And then just Kyrie Irving takes the ball up and he just continues playing. 
there's just two different types of people in this world. There's Marcus Smart who will play through anything, and there's Dennis Schroeder who will flop and, and act like there's pain. Not saying Marcus Smart won't flop, but you never act like Marcus will never pretend to be hurt. No, no, that was a wild one because <laughs> Scal and Mike were like, "We're still gonna we're gonna play on." Oh, okay. Like there was no like, "Oh, slow down. Is this guy okay?" or anything like that. Nope. Because everyone knows Marcus, like he—he's not gonna—he would be upset if they blew the whistle for on his behalf because he was hurt. I don't think he's ever gotten hurt. The guy gained like twenty-five pounds last year and just didn't even notice. Just kept playing through that. It's amazing. He doesn't. It, nothing phases him. No. I don't even know if the the gaining twenty-five pounds it is all related to my theme there, but I felt like I had to mention it. No, it's it, sure it's definitely worth mentioning. All right, that's a uh, that that junk point is the great way to close out uh, junk jams junk tour for this evening. I would agree, and that would mean it's a great way to close out our show because uh, I got nothing else to talk about. We've talked enough, so thanks for listening, everybody. If you are not a subscriber, you know what to do. Go find the Locked On Celtics podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We are there, so go do that, or I will put uh, Arthur Fist on my Instagram saying that's my mood. So please go do that. Rate us five stars. Let us know. Let the people know that we are the best Celtics podcast out there. The only Monday through Friday, five day a week Celtics podcast here for you whenever you want to talk about the Celtics, unless it's a Friday night game. But we're here for you Monday through Friday. Thanks for listening. This has been the Locked On Celtics podcast. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network.